fellow adventurers. Welcome to a Nat One Life podcast series called Homebrew Heals. Here, my sister Amanda and I will talk about our different journeys we have taken or are still on to resolve our medical issues. From gut issues to skin issues, we have experienced a lot in our 30 years. We do not have any medical backgrounds, but feel we have rolled high enough in our investigation and health checks and want to share our experiences with you. So come along this journey with us and see what we discover together. Journey with us and start to find your way through this net one night. Today we have our mother, Tana. Yes. And we are going to be discussing pursuing your Patronus, which, Mom, do you know what Patronus is from Harry Potter? <laughs> <laughs> I assume not, but I wanted to see just in case. Wait, world, our mom does not like Harry Potter. FYI, don't give her too much hate on the internet. (laughs) No, I do not know what Patronus means. Okay, so the in Harry Potter, the Patronus, um, there are these entities called Dementors. And essentially, they are evil entities where they are sucking the happiness out of people. Oh, that's a good word for that. Yeah. And so uh, for witches and wizards to ward them off, they have to think of the happiest moment in their life, the happiest memory. Mm. And it conjures up a different animal that suits their personality called their Patronus, and it fights them away. So mine would be. A lion? My your, your Patronus would be a lion? That's what I thought. I was like, yeah, I got you. A lion. A lioness. Um, I actually prefer the lion. Even the lion? The it could male. be a lion. Whatever. You <laughs> like the, the mane. mane. Yeah. yeah. It's like the flowing, luscious locks. <laughs> you girls know me too well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the idea behind this podcast specifically is to help people pursue their happiness, pursue their Patronus to fight off those dark times in life where you may be fighting off Dementors that are making you feel demented. So, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So um, what made you want to talk to us about this? Well, it's something that I've um, struggled with for a while um, because I know you're going to find this hard to believe, but I have always been an A-type personality. So for <laughs> for me to have for me to have something that is not something I can control, it's pretty hard. Um, yeah. So what can't you control? Well, I can't control my moods, <laughs> my um, depression. Um, I had never had it diagnosed as anxiety, but there's something that goes with what is happening to me that would. Sorry. Indicate... No, no need to be sorry. It's a hard topic. Yeah, you're fine. Indicate that I do have anxiety as well which I have never thought of myself like that ever I actually read that 
a statistic. It was surprising to me and it kind of hit home that a lot of people that classify themselves with as a type A personality, as that one that's always the go-getter, the one that's getting shit done, they're actually high-functioning Oh, people yeah. with generalized anxiety disorder. Yes, I've heard that. As You're well. just fun. You are able to function at a very high, um, almost savant level of being able to control your anxiety and manipulate your anxiety into success mm. until you ex- implode <laughs> until you yeah. and have breakdowns and panic attacks and you know fill in the blanks um, because you have you do have like we bring it back to D and D you do have a constitution level yeah like you can only take so much before you break yeah yeah and what's funny about anxiety is a lot of times you're putting that shit on yourself nobody else put it on you. <laughs> I'm like, God, I'm so stressed out. And Paul's like, well, why are you doing that? Well, because blah, blah, blah. Well, I didn't ask you to. The kids didn't ask you to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Because. <laughs> Panic attack. <laughs> Face a bagel. <laughs> so you said you hadn't been formally. Um, Diagnosed. Thank you. Mm-hmm. With, With anxiety. But what about depression? Oh, yeah. 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 And when was that? Was it when you were younger? No, no. Um, within the last three years, three oh, years. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I take medication for it and the medication has changed, um, because of issues with, um, stomach and it not working right with the stomach. And then, so they put me on something else and, that seems to, uh, my stomach is fine. Um, I don't know. It, it just, the medicine is not, um, it helps, but it doesn't completely help. Does that make sense? So is it like you feel as if you haven't found your perfect medicine yet? Well, Or do you think it's more than that? Like, you don't think you're having a hard time just with medicine in general assisting? No, I, I, so I'll I'll share something. And Amanda knows a little bit about it because she and Paul were the ones to help get me it. But the, the drops that, Mm -hmm. um, the 300 drops, those are how I wish I felt on the medicine. Yeah. That makes okay. Sense because <clears throat> it makes it, sense that cannabis is amazing. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. It actually puts me at a level where, like what you were just saying, Amanda, you don't realize you're doing it, but you're putting all of this stress on yourself. Mm-hmm. Those drops, I don't, I don't feel triggered. Does mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. <clears throat> Yeah. Well, one of my main triggers right now is grandma Mm -hmm. sorry (laughs) um Um, and just to explain a little context for the listeners uh your mother grandma our grandma is living with you currently and how old is she 85 Uh, she'll be 86 in in february 1st in february okay sorry Uh keep continue yeah so um the triggers there are constant and with my regular medication, I, 
it continued. I mean, I would be every single time just trigger, trigger, trigger. And, and what I mean by trigger is when it happens, I either get defensive or I feel like I've got to do more. I've got to be better or, you know, whatever. And with the drops, the 300 drops, um, I've been taking one in like at noon mm-hmm. and then the other one right before bed. So, um, but it's like there's an evenness now. It's not like I'm triggered anymore. And yeah, and that's, that's your anxieties yeah. right. under control. You're right. like mellow. Right. Like, that little thing that just happened isn't going to make me flip out because it shouldn't like, you know, and and it's not that it shouldn't, like, I hate to say words like it should not do something or it has to be this way, but you look at, for me and you can tell me, I actually read something, sorry, total side note here, but this made me think of it and it'll lighten the mood a little bit. And I'm one of these people. It feels like sometimes I'm taking over a conversation, but what I'm all, what I'm actually just trying to do is relate to you that I understand what you're going through. But I read a quote and it was this person like saying, I suffer from anxiety and this is why I do this. So please don't hate me if I'm doing this in a conversation. Yes. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Okay. Side note. Ended. Um, Okay. Now I have to remember where I was going. (laughs) Jesus. Uh, It mellows. Yeah. So it mellows. Um, mom tana out Mm -hmm. and so that way it's not necessarily that she should not have felt the way that she did before yes so thank you so i know what i was gonna say so when i get like what how you're describing your triggers and that that is like when i was at the height of my anxiety which had a lot to do with my job and things like that my trigger like i i would float outside my body and see myself acting this way and it was like what are you doing right why is you know that pillow so important to whatever because it would be the tiniest things and that's really when you know that you've reached that constitution level where it's like your cup runneth over in the bad way you cannot hold anymore what's happening is somebody is putting or you are putting yourself more in your cup and then shit splashing out and so then it's like you put that little pillow in your cup and it's like mm. remember five years ago when you did this that was some bullshit and we're about to talk about it right now and you see yourself you're like what is happening and i yep. think that's the hardest for me and i'm curious about you but it it became a cycle of why am i acting this way i hate myself more I'm more depressed. I act this way more. Now I'm more. And then it's just like deeper and deeper and deeper. And it's like, how do you dig yourself out? Right. And do you have those moments where like, while the incident is happening, you're, it's like, you can't stop yourself. Yes, absolutely. I have that. And um, it is something you, you know, you say, Amanda, you said like, Paul, when he says that you're doing this to yourself, you're the one that, you know, you, it's important to you. It's not important to me. Dad told me, has told me now several times, you allow it to bother you. It shouldn't bother you. And that's what he's telling me. It shouldn't bother me because um, she's going to be the way she's going to be. I'm not going to be able to change 
her behavior. You can't change her. You can't control right. her behavior. Right. And he says, so when she does what she does, and there's many different things that she does, but uh, the one thing that uh, she does that was is really a trigger <laughs> um, is like when she talks to Phil mm. and um, there's no um, acknowledgement of any wrongdoing from her to him, no matter what he can never, he can never have done wrong. Okay. So that to me is a trigger because I know of all the wrong. <laughs> I, so are Christian, you like you're listening and so you can hear them talking and, and is it just innocuous things like, or is, are they talking about bigger things? Like no, no, no. It, it, it can be about anything. Okay. It, yeah. Um, but it's, there's, and I shouldn't, as a Christian, I should not be that way. Right. I've forgiven Philip a long time ago. It's just, this is the mom piece. <laughs> and I don't know how to say it, but it, you would just think that she would have some element of understanding how it may impact me. Yeah. Yeah. But she doesn't. And that's where your dad comes in and says, she's not going to change. She's not going to be a different person. She is a person she is. And I just have to forgive that and get over it. Mm -hmm. And is this um, something that you guys have talked about? Like That's what I was going to ask, yeah. Something you talked with grandma about directly? Yes. So, yes. Um, the first <clears throat> time it actually ever came up was... Um, um, in a church group function, it we were going through what is known as rooted, and rooted is um, you're trying to get to the deeper issues of why mm. you are the person that you are now, sure, um, and how to grow ab ab above that and be different, better people outside of that. And um, during this, you have to discuss um, what we call strongholds. So things that have happened in your life that still have a hold on you for some reason. And it was during that time where I had, so you're supposed to, you go home and you, you journal it all out, write it all down. And then you come back the next week and you discuss each, each person has time to do their discussion mm -hmm. of what their topic is. Um, so everybody had went. I was the last one. Mom had went. We were all women. Okay. Mm -hmm. I started talking about being sexually molested as a kid and through up until the time I left. Mom started screaming at me <laughs> in the meeting, telling me, you cannot talk about that here. I'm get I'm leaving. She started to get up to leave. Now, this has been almost two years ago, two and a half. It was right after dad had passed. Okay. So three. Anyway. Um, so I just. Like women, legit screaming. Yeah. Like, like 
I've never heard grandma scream. No, that's true. Grandma is very like a soft, quiet woman normally. Yes. So she was yelling, saying, you're not going to talk about that here. I mean, it was, it was not good. Wow. (laughs) Um, The women tried to settle her down and they're crying. They're crying over it because it's like, the heck, it's just gone on. Well, and obviously I, I, something happened. And right, so, exactly. Right. So um, they brought mom back. She sat down and I told her, I just said, I, I won't talk about it. So I didn't. I did not. I didn't say anything. I, so you ended up not sharing. Correct. So um, in, so that that class ends after eight, 12 weeks, I guess, 12 weeks. And then about six months later to almost a year later, dad retired um, mm-hmm. from, from the um, prison. And when he did that, within like a couple, not even a, a month, maybe a month and a half, the new rooted group started. So dad mm-hmm. said, why don't we do this together? which was an answer to prayer because I had been praying for something. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was able to share there. So it helped. But, yeah. So everybody out there, I realize what I'm about to say is cold. No, go ahead. For Paul? <sighs> <laughs> I know, I know, I, I know. That interaction with grandma would have been a get the fuck out of my house moment. I know. She would right. not be allowed to live in our home anymore because that's a level of disrespect yeah. to you. Yeah. Not only to not let you speak your truth. Right. But to know the truth, to add on a layer of guilt and shame to what you've already experienced. Right. Yeah. And then to do it in front of people that you have developed relationships with. So then now Who they're like, what the help. heck is going on? Yeah. Cause they wouldn't yeah. say fuck. Cause it, you know, it was a Christian environment. <laughs> so, <laughs> but that adds now for me, that would add another layer of shame. Yeah. Of like, well, now is it really unacceptable to talk about this? Like, right. Yeah. So, so I, I immersed myself in Savanon. Yep. My ladies. So I, through that, that allows me to work through um, what has happened because um, I believe the whole thing was, I, I believe what it is, even though she hasn't said it to me, I believe she feels guilty. Yeah. That she didn't know what was happening or. Or she know, did and she didn't or, do anything. Right. Right. Or that she played a part in it. So I believe that that's what it is. Um, but yeah. So that's, yeah. Can you explain to our listeners what Savanon is in case somebody is listen- sure. looking for a group, something like that. Yes. So Savanon is sexually abused victims, um, whether it's assault or incest or um, um, any inappropriate behavior toward men or women. 
the men's group is just starting, but the women's group has been up for about five years. So we go through an eight week program um, that helps to tell our story to get uh, the more you actually tell your story and what had happened, the less hold it has on your your um, mental psyche. And um, so I, I would encourage anybody that has been abused or um, um, assaulted to definitely reach out to you and then you guys can reach out to me and I can get get them into a class. So, awesome. Very yeah. good. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, okay, so you had your church group and yes. you have uh, your, uh, I'm so sorry if I mispronounce this, Savanon? Savanon. S-A-V-A-N-O-N. Okay, perfect. So you have your church group, you have your Savanon group, mm-hmm. and at the very beginning you said that you're on medication now. So did you go another route when, like, how did this all begin Manifest. three years ago? Did you seek a counselor? Were you just talking to a doctor, general practitioner? Did you have something that happened that made you get to a certain yeah, low point? Yeah, right. If you, uh, it, that might be yep. hard to share, but. No, that's all right. So, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's all right. I'll lighten the mood with my humor. But okay. while you're thinking about how to start, what medication are you currently taking, if you don't mind us asking? That's okay. Yeah. Well, well butrin. Oh, okay. Butrin. Uh, 300 milligrams daily. We're just learning about a lot of medications. We today. are. Like um, a lot it's of been crazy. We've had a couple of people tell us either the medications that they're currently on or ones that they've been on in the past. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just, it's interesting to hear all the different kinds of medication sure. and ultimately sure. the good, the bad. And almost yeah. everybody's saying something like mom said, which is, or Tana said, which is, it makes me feel kind of better. Right. But it's not getting me to where I want to be. Right. Exactly. So it's very, um, I'll be honest, uh, kind of scary. Well, and it, it makes me nervous because it sounds like it's a lot of trial and error. It totally is. To like, find out which medication. Let's try this one. No, let's try this one. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What happened was a combination of events. Um, my best friend died. Yeah. And then, um, and that was very sudden and unexpected. Yeah. Yes. Not, yes. Not yeah. like fighting a battle for a long time. It was yeah. weeks, if one, that. One, one week. week yeah. One week. Actually, eight days. But, um, so she passed, and then my dad passed, and then my mom came to live with us. So, um, and then coronavirus. <laughs> You and can't even escape her. Get out. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So it was just a combination of a wave of disappointment, I guess. Um, you guys knew Mary and you know the life that she brought to our family. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and for me, it was probably 10 times more than what you guys felt because she oh, was, sure. yeah, 
Yeah, anyway. you guys had like a type of friendship. I was doing so good. I kept I it know. together. I'm hey, sure. I went earlier. I know. So now you it's did. your turn. Okay? But I was surprised because I was like, what? That's me. That is a deep rooted issue yeah, that yeah. I've had to hide <laughs> uh, from everybody. Okay. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, no, you guys could talk like every day, every yeah. morning. Yeah. You would you had that type of friendship that was like they we are best friends. And we considered her family. Yeah, yeah. she was Aunt Mary. Absolutely. And she didn't even come <clears throat> into my life until I was in high school. Right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. She still was Aunt Mary. Yeah. Yeah. So so Aunt Mary died. Yep. And that was the catalyst that kind of started your depression. Yes. Okay. Because she was my sounding board. We Yeah. Yeah. We just you, had your ride or die. That's right. <laughs> yep. Pinky's out. She was my person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, but was there another is that when you sought help? Yes. So okay. um and I I first went to uh um uh, doctor doctor not of okay. not uh, a therapist therapist and uh told her everything that had happened and uh and so she prescribed me one medication and I can't even remember what it was but that's the one that I had stomach issues with and it didn't help at all but it just made me really feel sick and uh, so she quit that one and then put me on this one started at 150 milligrams and then I, it was like I you know like let, so let's measure a week right so you measure a week and this pill at 150 milligrams felt like two days out of the week I was okay mm-hmm. and then the other five I would have episodes of unexplained crying and stuff like that so she upped me to 300 milligrams a day Mm -hmm. and now I have like four days out of the week where I'm okay you know um and then the other three days not so much and and it doesn't happen like in a row but I mean you know what I mean yeah yeah so that's when I had reached out to Amanda and Paul asking Mm -hmm. for something that maybe and I'm a huge proponent of CBD. I know it relieves pain. I use it on uh, topically for uh, grandma for her mm-hmm. pain in her leg and stuff like that. So I I know that that stuff you know it has great um, medicinal purposes. So yeah, that's why I reached out to you guys for that. And and really, uh, what have I one month one month. Yeah taking it one month and it has brought more calm to me in one month than I've had three years on the medication. So that's amazing. And to the point even that you told me um, last week that you stopped drinking for like, like I hadn't had it. Yeah. She hadn't had anything to drink for like two weeks. And it was like still, because that is a form of self-medication, and it can be well, to I kind do, of numb. Yeah, and you know yeah. I do that well. 
<laughs> so, yeah. I wish. I miss alcohol. I was talking about that earlier yeah, today, too. Yeah. I just can't. Um, and and just because, like, I like it, some of the taste of it and everything, and mm-hmm. it's just bleh, violently ill like that. Um, so <clears throat> you found the, the CBD, and that seems to be really helping, which is awesome. Um, so let's talk a little bit about anxiety, then, because you mm-hmm. mentioned that that's a struggle that you think that's a struggle, but it's undiagnosed. Is that correct? Okay. So what makes you think that that's a, um, well, hold on, strike that. I want, I had one little note before we go into your anxiety. We are trying to be very descriptive in our podcast so that people understand it's okay to talk about the ugly the right we want to be able to show awareness for mental health and which to us that includes we need to be open and honest and talk about even the scary parts of it yeah so earlier you said you know i'd have bouts of crying and stuff like that what does stuff like that mean like, would you just start, cr- like, sitting at your desk typing and then just start crying? Would you be sad? Yeah. Were there thoughts that came in? Like, what are we talking about here? So, it would be... <laughs> Walk us through a bad day. So, a bad day. You know, I work a lot, right? I work a lot of hours, so... That's an understatement. <laughs> um, so, the the day... And I talk to people that have had some sort of injury because of the accident. So it would not be uncommon for me to be talking with somebody and actually start to cry on the phone. Sure. With them. And uh, sometimes not warranted, but I couldn't help myself not do it. So you try and push it down as much as you can when you're trying to talk. But um, that's what the end stuff. So end stuff would be that you're trying to function in a normal environment, supposedly normal work environment. And um, I couldn't, I couldn't function. Um, It took me out of the office. I did not want to be around other people. Um, I was requested and given for the last three years, a work at home environment, even before COVID. so there's it it was like that. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 It does. Yeah. Um, we just want people to know like <clears throat> just specifics, like details. Yeah. Like dep- yeah. Well, depression looks different. Right. And yeah. like today, you know, we talked to another person that talked about functioning depression and how mm-hmm. what that looks like. And it's like, you know, it's not always I laid in bed all day. No, for me, it's never been that. Right. I never have had that. Um, Right. But do you realize that from then an external view, that doesn't look like depression. Right. From some people, that's not. A traditional standpoint. Or from people that have never struggled with depression. Well, you got out of bed, you put your pants on, you're working, you must be fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So now let's talk about anxiety. I hate anxiety. Anxiety is a beast. Oh, yeah. Anxiety makes me tired. Mm. 
yeah. crashing from a panic attack makes me tired. Yes. <laughs> um. Anyway, so. So, so you go undiagnosed. Ahead. Right. Yeah. But I do know that there are situations that I feel I have no control over. And with that lack of control, I get a tightness in my chest. I get to where um, I, I don't even know how to articulate it, but you you feel like if you can't do what you need to do to control that situation, that it's going to just crumble, that it's going to fail. Um, and I know I've probably, as, if, as I think back, um, my whole life, I bet you I've had it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think you had said it earlier, you just push through. It's like you have got to make this happen. And I know you girls, while we were growing up, while you were growing up, the um, anxiety level was great because your dad was not always there um, because yeah. of the service. And so I knew I had to be on point, not only for the kids and their schooling and my work and all that, you know, it's like you have to do all of these things so that it becomes a way of life. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it, uh, people would look at you like you were saying and say, oh, well, she's, you know, she's got her crap all together. When inside, I'm just crumbling. Freaking out. My soul is dying and I don't have a will to live. I'm hoping as I cross the street, I get hit by this bus. (laughs) Nope. Nope, I was too safe. Damn it. (laughs) Anxiety gets me again. Yeah. Yeah. So the lack of control, I mean, it's so it's interesting because when I was, I, you both know, and we haven't, um, well, maybe you both don't know. I don't know. Sarah's learned all sorts of stuff today about all these people. We talked to right. Pam earlier. We learned all sorts of stuff about Pam. It's crazy. Awesome to share. Good to know. But, like, Pam, you've almost been in my life for two decades. How have I not known this stuff? Right. 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 Paul because didn't know. Talk about it. Paul didn't know. We shared some stuff with him. He's like, what? Oh, she just told me blah blah blah. I don't want to spoil it. So right, yeah. yeah. So yeah. anyway, um, but oh my god, where was I going? Jeez, you have it right there. Lack of control. Lack of control. Yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. But I read a book that's called um, uh, fuck anxiety or something like that. Oh, yeah. and then I also read a book called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Yes. Okay. So I've. Uh, I just basically go to Barnes and Noble and look for books with the word fuck in the title and purchase Apparently. them and see if they're good for me. Uh, no, but I actually was researching anxiety and these books had come up as like quick reads for some really quick self-help. It wasn't anything earth shattering, but there was a couple of nuggets. And I think that anytime you can get a little nugget that helps, it's nice. But one thing that struck me, and it's kind of a shitty thing to say, but the lack of control came up in these books and one of them said, well, you do not have control over everything. Who do you think you are? And I was like, holy shit. Who do I think? I like had a moment. 
And then the next line was, do you think you're the only person that these things have ever happened to? And then he goes, that's called entitlement. And I'm like, holy crap, my mind is blowing. It was like two sentences that that helped me understand some of my anxiety and not maybe understand it, but helped me to put it into a box where it's like, I'll start to spiral. And I'm like, hold up, hold up. Do I really think I'm all powerful and have this under control? Because number one, if I think that about myself, I need to check myself before I wreck myself. (laughs) Number two, I have a God complex, if that's what I'm thinking. You know what I mean? Right. And so it was just very enlightening. But at the same time, it makes you really critically think about societal pressures that get put on us in our culture, especially in the United States. Um, I can say this now because I don't work in a corporate environment, but working in a corporate environment (laughs) that encourages you you to compete and compare yourself to other people on a daily, hourly, regular basis creates this constant like churn of I have to be in control of everything I have to control them well you can't you can't control them right you can't control grandma right so you can control whether or not she's in your house (laughs) just gonna drop that nugget (laughs) (laughs) and if she listens to this I don't think she would understand what was going on anyway so we're okay all right I don't know she may shock you I love Gigi but man, that lady. No, so I have to say, my mind blown was actually kind of recent. It was this past year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon and I were sitting on the couch and uh, watching a movie or something, talking, and uh, we were talking about my anxiety. And he made a comment about he to him. It was like a half joke, half serious. Like we were making fun of a quality trait. I hate when he does this. Because he's always always on. Ryan, if you're listening. (laughs) And he was like, well, that's because you try to control everything. Ha ha. And then, so, and then that's And then Sarah goes, try, try, I do control everything. (laughs) No, that hit a nerve. Like it triggered me. Oh, I bet it did. And I was like, ha ha you're not serious, right? Like, that's just a joke. He's like, I don't know, Sarah. Am I joking? And I was like, no, seriously, I need to know. And he's like, look at where this conversation (laughs) is going right now. And you're like getting the rope ready to tie him down to the chair until he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I just need to know. Sarah, I'm just going to lock you in the bathroom until you tell me what my presents are. Oh my. (laughs) I need to know. I, 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 like, I went super internal at that moment, Mm -hmm. and I just started thinking about everything, and I was like, oh my gosh, I, I honestly think he's right, like, I haven't gone to a counselor yet, and I haven't talked about depression or anxiety or anything with my doctors as of yet, I do plan on doing that, but I, I... I think he's right. Like, mm-hmm. I do think I have a control issue to where it, it comes up in anxiety. Yeah. 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 Well, that the it's not the control issue comes off as anxiety. Your anxiety is why you try to control. Things. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, but okay. So kind of what you just said, what are you, what are your next steps then? Yeah. What are you going to so, do? Because you've identified this, right? It's not healthy no. now. And I know that my anxiety adds to my depression. Yeah. Because yeah. then it's like, I'm anxious and I'm like not controlling. And then I'm like, I'm depressed because, you know, I can't control how yep. the snow hit the ground and whatever. <laughs> then I get depressed and then I'm like, now I don't want to do anything. And I, I start things, but don't complete them, yeah. and, you know, stuff like that. So yeah. Yeah. what are your steps? So um, I have already actually been seeing a counselor. I have seen her for... I, it was after a year of being on the medication because the doctor, the me, the medical doctor said <clears throat> she wouldn't continue to prescribe me the medication unless I went and sought counseling. So yeah. I did. And um, basically the counselor has told me <laughs> I need to have grandma out of my house. Yeah. Um, but they can't make you do it. You right. have to know. I know. I know. Right. Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. So it's like, yeah, okay. so it's on you. Back on you. You're like, awesome. My anxiety is totally under control. Right. Now. <laughs> Thanks for the help right now. So, um, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> um, I mean, she's helped in a lot of different ways and, and right. And, I'm not discrediting her. It's yeah. just, that's a big decision. It is. Well, and, and so it's, it's a decision that I'm having a hard time making because of the promise I made my dad. You already know my feelings on that promise. I know. I know. He didn't word it perfectly. <laughs> there are loopholes in the insurance clause. Or maybe he did. Or maybe he did word, word it, it just perfectly. how he needed it to be right. worded. Yeah. Tell, anyway. You want to tell the audience what he asked of you? Maybe you'll get some nuggets. That, that I am the one to take care of mom. So, so in um, my mind, take care of means put her in the best home you can find that right. you can afford and make sure she has what she needs. Right. Make sure she has like old lady girlfriends to talk to and yep. like plenty of like Christian romance TV to watch. Yep. <laughs> she loves she is, romance. TV. She has a station. Oh my God. <laughs> it's That's a thing. Like Aunt Rose's soaps. <laughs> yes. No, 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 no. It's, it's pure flicks. There's no, it's, it's pure because they're pure. So there's no yeah. naughty, naughty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I agree. Your dad and I have been talking a lot more about that because, you know, he supports me getting healthy and, and um, he knows that that's going to be one thing that has to happen. So that's awesome. Having a supportive partner is important. Very important. It is very, very important. important. I've actually been very proud of all three of our son-in-laws because of how they support you guys, mm -hmm. um, each one of you. So, yeah. Paul and Brian are the best. <laughs> so seeing a counselor, mm -hmm. uh, is that something that you've been doing in person or that you've been doing virtually? So um, I haven't seen her at all through COVID. Okay. Uh, virtually um but before then it was always in person at her she had a um, place are you going planning on going back or yes would you consider doing virtual visits um i'm not sure i 
one of the main reasons was because it took me out of the house as well. So sure. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't know. Maybe doing virtual would be all right. But future. Once COVID's all. Oh, definitely. Eventually. I'll go back. Yeah. Okay. And it really helps to talk about it. Um, Mm -hmm. I know it's difficult, like, just like even today, just trying to get the words out. Yeah. But, but talking about it is, is healthy. It's healthy to get it out as if you're not. What do I want to say? If you're not trying to. um, It's almost like gossip is what I'm thinking. You know, if you're Mm -hmm. not doing it in a negative way, but rather trying to do something, you're talking about it to get it out to to feel better. Um, I I really think that that helps. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because if you keep it in. Yeah. It festers. It, it festers like a, a bad sore, you know. Have you ever tried any of those? Um, I'm just, I'm trying to think of what it's called. I was trying to look it up on my phone really fast. So I was trying to do it off to the side. So I wasn't being rude. But it's um, a type of counseling and therapy that involves how you um, hold pain in your body and your muscles. Okay. I and you can not. release trauma through massage therapy in certain ways. Anyway, once I find it, I'll send you some information. Okay. okay. But I want to ask a question that might come out of left field, but it's because it was a topic that was brought up today. And it's um, about miscarriages. Yeah. And uh-huh. um, one of our guests um, today that we interviewed has recently been through a miscarriage and has a lot of situational depression going on. And so um, we were talking about miscarriages in general Mm -hmm. and she really shared her experience of what it was like. And I know you have experienced miscarriages and I don't want to bring up anything painful, but if you're willing to share, we do think that normalizing conversation and shedding some light upon what, a lot of women experience and have a lot of shame and hide from their loved ones may help. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I had, a, um, a miscarriage after I had had an abortion and mm-hmm. I had had an abortion early on, like 16 years old. And then the miscarriage happened at 18 and your mental state, automatically pulls you back to the fact that it was because you did the abortion that Mm -hmm. now in my mind at that time it was God was punishing me for Mm -hmm. doing I know today as a 56 year old woman that that's not the case but Mm -hmm. back then it, it felt like it and then um I had a miscarriage right before I got pregnant with Sarah and actually That miscarriage was um, very hard because the doctor that did the DNC Mm -hmm. had, there was so much scar tissue that I would never be able to hold another child again in utero. So I was thinking that was it. I've had Amanda and Melissa, there weren't going to be any more children and that's and at this point you had remarried 
So you were trying to extend your family and have another child with dad. Correct. And, um, and just to explain to our listeners, a DNC is a procedure in which um, once you've had the miscarriage, the doctor is helping to evacuate everything um, out so that you don't get an infection or any type Correct. of anything like that. So um, we just like to explain mm-hmm. that yeah. to people. Um, and this is blowing my mind right now because I, I don't think I've heard so many terrible things being said to people. Right. As I have heard today being said to women when it comes to experiences they're having in, you know, the reproductive department right. and or the vaginal department. Like, this is insane. Yeah. So he's like down there. You're having a miscarriage. You're losing a child that you wanted. And his thing that he's going to say is, oh, and by the way, you might not have any more babies. Like, what the hell? Right. It was not a might not. It was a definitive. You'll never have more children. Little does too much. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I fell into depression really. I mean, it was like, um, one, I had done something way back when that is Mm -hmm. now coming to catch up with me. And two, not going to be able to give dad, you know, children of his own and, Mm -hmm. and all that. And, um, yeah, it was, it was bad, <laughs> mm-hmm. but prove them wrong. <laughs> yeah, you did. Two kids later. <laughs> now, when you had Tom, because now, so Sarah is not your last kid. You also had another kid, which was um, the medical miracle. You know? Right. <laughs> um, but I can't recall. Did you have an implantation in which you did have a miscarriage as well? Yes. So before, uh, right before Thomas. Um, they had implanted four eggs. One took hold. Uh, the embryo took hold in utero. And then at not even month, two and a half, almost three, it miscarried. And so we waited. Um, after that, we waited, I think, six months, real close to six months. And then they started me back on to the in vitro uh, hormones and all of that. So then that's another two, almost three months by the time you get through those. And then they implanted eight eggs. And, um, again, only one took, and the doctor kept warning me that he's the, the embryo is really looks small for where it should be, you know, and, and he really just, you know, basically telling you not Don't to get, get attached. Up. Yeah. Right. And, and then we went down to Las Vegas. We met Mary in Vegas and, um, we're staying for like four days and I started to spot again. I remember that. And it, and it, it, my brain tied into the first time the miscarriage happened right as I stopped within that week, I stopped the progesterone shots. And so it started to spot in Vegas and I still had more progesterone left. And so I asked, we called and I asked the doctor, can I just continue to take the progesterone or Mm the yeah progesterone instead of stopping? And they said, well, it's not going to hurt anything. Go ahead. Well, 
we kept doing it until it was out. And I believe that that's why the egg, the embryo stayed is because my body needed that extra progesterone. And actually now here I am 56 and part of my, um, um, hormone replacement is my progesterone is so low. It's Mm -hmm. like, it it's like I'm a prepubescent teen. Yeah, because it's supposed to be a balance. There's like a yeah. balance between the estrogen and progesterone levels that you're supposed to have. Right. Um. And by the way, our brother was not born small. I was about to say that. I'm like, how ironic. He's so tiny. He may not survive. Uh, he was so big, he couldn't get out. Right. She tried. She pushed so hard. And then they had to do a C-section. And then we're all looking at his head and like, that's the exact shape and size of mom's cervix. That's exactly how big that gets. That ring right there. Oh my gosh. Gosh. Yeah. Um, and he's doing well. I mean, he's, yeah. you know, almost an adult. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How's that make you feel? Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Couple well, more weeks. We're talking about depression and anxiety. Here we go. First yeah, time. Right? Now I'm going to be an empty first time I have been without children mm-hmm. in my home mm-hmm. since I was 18. Oh, goodness. Mom, yeah. so yes. I was telling Sarah that you and I, out of like the immediate family, you and I have had the longest relationship. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right down. <laughs> 37 years ago. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. Um, um, but anyway, so thank you for sharing. But I do have a question. And and because, again, we're trying to, like, connect right. to people. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, you are Christian. Yes. You're religious. Yep. Um, those other embryos were fertilized. I mean, they yep. were implanted. So how did that impact your mental health? Because, yep. I mean, there is still a loss there. There, so there was. What right. was that like? Because, yes, ultimately you did have a child, but, like, I don't know. How did you work through that and what was that like? Yeah, so I think with the first one, the first group of four, <clears throat> it was more your um, thought. Pro- my thought process was more on the one that had began okay. to, bo- to, yeah, um, to where they said that it was a viable embryo. That's, right, it was developing. Right, and right. Changing, yeah. um, but I always think, um, as a Christian, I'm going to get up to heaven and there's going to be all of these babies. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. Mom's going to have, like, 20 babies up so there. So many. She's going to be like, hello, and Dad's going to be like, what the heck did I get myself into? <laughs> I don't know who you are. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I will have to say that my faith, I probably would have committed suicide a long time ago if I hadn't had my faith. Yeah. So that is actually a question I've been asking. Yeah. And it's highly uncomfortable. So I've been waiting until the end. Sure. Um, But have you ever contemplated suicide? Um, And can you share and talk about that if so? Or if not, what made you not because you are struggling with depression? Yeah, so um, I have actually attempted suicide. I was 14. Um, There was a whole bunch. I don't even know what all of it was. Medications back then were handed out like candy. Um, My mother was on um, Volume, um, which is a mood stabilizer. Uh, I believe she was being 
prescribed it because of menopause. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. Um, but I took everything that was in the um, medicine cabinet in the bathroom, everything, every pill, passed out on the bathroom floor. My brother Bobby opened up the door. Couldn't we only had one bathroom? Um, couldn't get in. And he came in and basically carried me to my bedroom, put me on the bed, and I slept for five days. Nobody ever came in checking on me. Um, But God had different plans. (laughs) So. And then, and since then, have you, like, any uh, other like thoughts like you said faith yeah saved you what did faith it was that when you started to become religious or was there something else later on um so basically i believe i'm here for a reason um i know that each one of you have been my reasons um up until the time you guys were adults and Mm -hmm. even a little bit after that (laughs) um so actually knowing that that god has placed me here for a reason has truly led to me not wanting to do anything bad um to myself Um, I know now the women that I help with um, Savanon, Mm -hmm. I I mean, I, there's 18 year olds all the way up to 74 year old women Mm -hmm. uh, that have been a part of my group, um, my sessions. And I look at the 18 year old and I think if there would have been something like this for me back when I was 18, yeah, I would have had all of that guilt and shame and and just self-loathing for mm-hmm. so long. Um, and so that purpose has made it to where I don't want to take my life. You know, we're here for a reason, right? Yeah. And, and so when you were 14, was your intention to take your life or was it for attention no i wanted to die i was being sexually abused daily Mm -hmm. and uh and um the abuse had gotten at that point it used to be prior to that it used to be that mom would never believe me Mm-hmm. If I were to say something, and then at that point, at age 14, it became knives to the neck that I would be killed if I told anybody. And uh, when it took a turn like that, it was like, just kill me. Just, I would yeah. rap, just die and then have to go through this every single day. So, Yeah. And so did the abuse eventually stop? Yeah, that's what I was or, going to ask. What so this is gonna be really dark, but you outgrew his taste. Right. No. Five days later, like no. what, what's I the moved out. 
I moved out at 16. I left. And yeah, I just, if you think back to your 16th year, and, and I'm not saying that we were the pristine parents. I'm not saying that, but I don't believe that that exists. So you're all right. Good. <laughs> um, We're all just trying to make sure we don't fuck them completely up. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, right. Um, but I, I couldn't live there anymore. And yeah. it wasn't even a question from my mom about me leaving my dad basically asked me what took me so long Mm -hmm. because um we had so many people in our house all the time I never had a bedroom that was my own um there was always at least three sometimes more other people in my room um that I had to share with so so did he say that like good for you or it was a positive thing for okay yeah it was like yeah Mm -hmm. and he quite thought that I would have left a lot earlier than that but which yeah yeah okay you want to close this out sure um all right well thank you so much for speaking with us Tana Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of Pursuing Your Patronus and that it made you think a little bit about mental health and pursuing your own happiness and finding your ultimate Patronus. Make sure to stick with us here and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and all those social media sites. And if you're enjoying your Pursuing Your Patronus podcast with us, you may also want to think about checking out our Loot the Booty series and also where we nerd out on YouTube. Expecto Patronum! Nice.